0: So you know what that means?
1: The boys are back. <laughs>
0: that was your cue. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought you were going to jump in a lot faster than, than
1: you did. Yeah, it's a Sunday. I'm a little slow today. We're, we're waking our way through. <laughs> okay, well, you did say
0: the boys are back, so I can cue my song here. The boys are back and they're running out of patience. Hey, now. Hey, now. The truck boys are back. That sounds pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie, Tyler, I was actually expecting you to jump in and and be part of that
1: song. I was like, you need to like give me some like at least give me the the notes in advance.
0: (laughs) As a Star Trek fan, you should have just been more self aware.
1: Well, that's that's fair. That's fair. We like we'll we'll get we'll get better as we go along. <laughs> this, this whole the fifty
0: five seconds of this opening can just be kind of tossed out here. This that was uh, appropriate.
1: Okay. If you need to need to trim the episode down, you know where to take it from. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, especially
0: so because this is because of the timing of this episode. This is our annual sort of reminder to potential new listeners because the school year has just started. Lots of people are coming to Queens, discovering CFRC discovering local podcasts this is kind of our introduction to star trek episodes on screening in kingston so most of them have probably turned off by now
1: yeah it's like they they didn't hear taylor and they're like well this isn't why i show up and then they, just, <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. they left like for whatever they do at the beginning of, uh, of undergrad nowadays
0: yes it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a star trek episode everyone so uh turn wow. off your podcast platforms and go for a walk it's, uh, it's nice out there. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably quite warm, actually. Yeah, um, we're talking Star Trek today, but we're actually we are closing a loop yep. that that we opened on this episode. I think because of a fan. No, well, did we do that on our? I don't remember why we made Taylor watch the the pilot episode of Enterprise.
1: It was definitely requested for a long time to get Taylor in on a Star Trek episode, but, but then I,
0: I chose think- the wrong one and everyone got mad.
1: Yeah, everyone got real mad that you picked Enterprise out of all of them. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I just thought it was the most accessible. But we'll discuss it. So you you've watched all of Enterprise, yep. the entire four four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you do nothing else but watch Star Trek. So, <laughs> but you, very
1: slowly, <laughs> very very slowly.
0: <laughs> you slowly but surely get there. Um, so you're going to talk about that today. We're going to have our review of the entire series of Enterprise, a, a show that went off the air in, like, what, 2005? <laughs> so we're talking about that, just to be topical. Uh, yeah. and, and we're reviewing one episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And it isn't the first one. <laughs> and it's not the pilot. <laughs> it's season two, episode seven, Those Old Scientists. So we're going to review that. So, yeah, there's really no reason for anyone to be listening, except probably no. people who are related to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zig, and, uh, Zig, and, uh hello. hello. Hello, Mike's relatives. Nice, nice to see you.
0: Yes. Uh, and everyone else will not listen. Because this is probably the, I would argue, Tyler, this is the most random Star Trek episode we've ever done, even for our hardcore Star Trek listeners, which we know we have them.
1: Yeah, like at the very least, the, the Strange New World episode is somewhat topical. It came out like a few weeks ago. Um, Enterprise is in no way, shape or form topical. Um, there was some like a sh- like news thing that came out like 14 days ago about how certain episodes took a long time to film in Enterprise because Scott Bakula's hair wasn't cooperating. Um, <laughs> yes. That's the newest <laughs> news we've had about Enterprise for the last like decade.
0: Which is one of the reasons why they spend so much time on Anson Mount's hair for Christopher Pike. That's it's why it's always perfectly, like... Immaculately you know, yeah, Like, Yeah, it's <laughs> just like it's not going anywhere because no. they just couldn't stand it. And that, and if you notice, if you notice from Scott Bakula's hair, he loses a lot of it later in, in the series.
1: Yes, he, he does. They make it a lot shorter.
0: <laughs> they were like, we're just going to cut your hair really really short <laughs> to avoid this problem <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> the issues yeah.
0: the issues around star trek production is always pretty funny um,
1: oh yeah it's it's fun because they are you know they don't necessarily have the biggest budgets especially enterprise near the end it's like uh they kind of like uh kind of made uh made some un- un- like unfriends it's like in the studio in terms of the amount of money they were spending <laughs> on certain things it's like so yes. there's sometimes we can say like Oh yeah, that uh, they could have spent a little bit more time on that, a little bit more money on that, but
0: <laughs> you know. And it's yeah, I, I think I think for the listeners out there, you know, stick around for for the fun analysis of what I still think is a very underrated Star Trek series. And I understand a lot of our Star Trek fans who are listeners were very unhappy. With, with my choice to kind of introduce Taylor to this one, but we will revisit that a little bit. Um, but I, I, I still stand by it slightly. I've actually wavered a lot since people have complained, <laughs> because I, I listened and I'm like, you know, probably should have just started with, you know, the next generation or deep space nine, or even people were like Voyager, like anything other than (laughs) enterprise. And maybe, maybe they're right, but I still think it was an underrated series. So I'm looking forward to talking about it because I think it, it's still more, I think you will agree that watching it is closer to watching the star Trek that you and I both know and love than the new star Trek that we get.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it definitely still shares DNA with like the Voyager, Deep Space Nine era of sci-fi, um, and then it also is like was in, it was in this interesting position where it was trying to adapt to the new wish of the modern like uh, consumer to have like ongoing stories. They wanted their mm-hmm. episodes to flow one into the other, and they didn't want to miss an episode because they wanted to figure out what was going to happen. But then they were also still trying to provide that kind of like episodic nature to Star Trek exploration that really allows you to look at a bunch of different ideas, like just set yourself down, these characters, into this new and interesting idea, develop the ideas and themes behind that idea, and then move on to something completely different next week. They were trying to find a balance between those two things. They took some big swings. Some of those balances did not work for me at all, and yet some of them actually worked out surprisingly well. Yeah. Um, so I am excited to talk about it. Yeah, I think
0: that's a fair—that's a fair analysis with Enterprise. I think it—it it took some swings, it missed, but I'm—I'm I'm thankful they tried. Yes. <laughs> you know, like at least they were putting in an effort to do something and join in there. And I just think it's a bit of a better fit in. But we're also going to talk about some new Star Trek today. Star yes. Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, uh, one particular episode that has a very unpredictable crossover. But it happened. Um, also a big so, swing. Yeah, also a big swing uh, connected to to the, the other Star Trek show that is still ongoing, um, which is Lower Decks, the cartoon. So they've got a little connecting thread here between Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. We're going to talk about that. Um, and uh, I think, again, we should probably preface this with, and I believe this is correct, Tyler, this was the first Strange New Worlds episode you ever
1: watched. Yes, I had seen clips. So I kind of knew that I knew that time travel already kind of featured into Strange New Worlds, um, like plot aspects. I know that like Christopher Pike had maybe had contact with the future in some ways that gave him a little bit more insight than he should have had. I yes, knew I that can I,
0: explain that a bit. Yeah,
1: perfect. Yes. And then I also knew that like a lot of the other characters were still in there. Like I knew that like a, a young Spock was there a young nurse chapel in there. I knew like kind of bits and pieces from different, like, clips that appear on different social media aspects, but this was the first time I'd actually seen a full episode from beginning to end, to the point that when I was watching the opening, which was animated, I was like, is this usually animated, or do they do this for the crossover <laughs> with Lower Tags?" <Decks?" laughs>
0: you know, right, oh yeah, that's true. So you <laughs> yeah. mu- you must, for a second, have been
1: wondering, wait a minute. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, well, I'm like, literally, I was like, oh, that's an interesting stylistic choice, that they would do the animation for the... No, no, wait. This is probably episode specific. So.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh and dire- this episode is directed by Jonathan Frakes, William yeah. Riker himself, returning to direct. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, listen. This this okay, this guy directs some of the best Star Trek stuff out there, but also he he, he directs other things that are Star Trek <laughs> that are not so good, but he's he's one of those big swings too. Like he I mean, he directed arguably Definitely one of the top three or four Star Trek movies. Oh yeah, in, in First Contact. So yep. he he and also he- did Insurrection, but he he yeah. did First Contact, <laughs> right? Like that's you can't forget that
1: <laughs> he did, and like he did some of the best episodes in Picard. Um, mm-hmm. I would say like, so. Yeah. You know when like he even the, the the greatest batters in baseball only have like a thirty percent hit rate or something like that. So like you know Jonathan that's Franks is doing true. pretty good.
0: He's, I will say for like because looking at Star Trek directors specifically he gets it and and I'm not even just talking about a story standpoint which directors don't always have anything to do with sometimes they're just there to direct literally what's on the page but it's just the way he uses the camera the way he creates good moments the way he freezes and stops on characters to allow them to react like he's clearly an actor who's directing who knows yeah. how to get good performances out of people like I will say that. Mm-hmm. About, the, I don't know if this is the first Strange New Worlds thing he said, but one thing I, I don't want to get into it too much because I want to talk about Enterprise first. But I do want to say this, Tyler
1: mm-hmm.
0: this episode of Strange New Worlds was the most subdued all of these characters have been in, in, in of the three episodes I've seen. So I saw the, the one pilot, that
1: overlaps with the cartoon characters. That <laughs> is correct.
0: That is they, they were the least cartoony and the least. Acting like teenagers to a situation that I've then I've seen in this show
1: so far, like they were the they most were, like adult. Oh, that's yes, probably because they were reacting to like the to the children, like, pretty much children <laughs> from <laughs> yes, Lord. Yeah, day. well, yes, and I think so. That's
0: part of my like hold up your horses on positive comments.
1: Is gotcha. this
0: this was un- now again? I don't know if they've evolved because again I've only seen episode one. Episode two, and then a smattering of clips later, yeah, and maybe like a full episode here or there, like just little bits. And they they like we've talked about on, on this show before, they act like they're teenagers, mm, whereas yeah. regular Star Trek not only behaves like adults. Like I, I came up with this recently, and you you can you, you're a you're a scientist and an academic, so you'll like this. Yeah, original Star Trek, Next Generation, like all the classic treks that we like. That's mm-hmm. like a university lens. Right. Dissecting things with a thesis and walking through it and sh- showing evidence and having a point at the end. Yeah. Strange New Worlds and New Trek is like high school. Right. Look at the explosions and how like, great we're being and look at these characters and look how crazy they are and they're all wacky and that's what you want. You want wacky and we're going to get in front of your face and we're going to tell a bunch of jokes and we're going to be really quick about it. Like that's New Trek. So that's, that's what I have decided to make it easier on my brain, is New Trek is a high school student approaching one piece of material. And then the other one is someone who's like studying for their master's degree approaching the same piece of material.
1: Yeah, like I can even see that like, unfortunately, Enterprise does also have some characters that are that respond to things in very like high schooly methodologies, like some of the like personal conflicts that exist. in Enterprise are just like two characters that I don't like you. I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, can we please like step away from Lieutenant Reed and his like issues with the Makos for a second? I don't need oh to oh. Yeah, I, I was wondering like, what you were talking about. And literally, literally the Makos, only yeah. arc that <laughs> yeah. he has in the entirety of season three is he I don't like hates that these the Makos. Are to Get my job.
0: <laughs> he hates the Makos the minute they step on board. That is exactly yeah. he's he's exactly the cool girl at school, and then the interesting girl just arrived, and he was yeah. like, oh. I don't like you because you're interesting and everyone's giving you
1: attention. Well, <laughs> well because like they bring in literally like they're like, we need to bring in literal military people who are good at this. And I'm like, you do, because like the, Which unfortunate, is smart. Cars- <laughs> yes, because the unfortunate thing about every security officer and every Star Trek thing is that for a plot to exist, they need to be somewhat bad at their job. They need Which to be I a, thought, a little a little bad was, at being preventing <laughs> these things from happening, so that the show can happen.
0: <laughs> that was the one part of season three of Enterprise that mm-hmm. I was like, "Yep, I get exactly why you're making that decision," and that's like a smart, almost like out of out of world, out of character decision to be like, you know. We should bring in the military yeah. <laughs> because this is a big threat and we need help. Like that was that was kind of a I thought that made sense the way they kind of worked that. Way.
1: Yeah, it is definitely one of those situations where they're like putting a bunch, they're laying out their plan, and you're going, okay, okay, okay. And then the military one is the other one you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then you're like yeah. back to like we're gonna send this one ship, okay, into this thing, uh huh. And then and there we're all our hopes rest on them, okay. And we're gonna send them some military guys. Yeah, okay that, that part checks
0: out. <laughs> yeah, like like, and that's they're like, okay. hey, we're refitting the ship and doing yeah. okay. At least you're taking this seriously. Yeah, and yeah. I I believe it more because there there aren't many other ships like the Enterprise yeah. in 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 Star Trek Enterprise is the only ship. Like, it it Mm -hmm. always never made sense in Next Generation, where it's like, the Enterprise is the only ship around. Like, no one can come help them with this situation. But in this, they kind of made it clear. Like, yeah, we have to send you, but we're going to give you new torpedoes. We're going to give you new, like, you know, upgraded, like, not shielding, but, like, better hull plating. We're going to do all these things, and we're giving you the military. It's like, oh, (laughs) you're taking this seriously. Like you're That's good to know.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do remember a certain... Star Trek moments where they'd be like, "They're the only ship in the quadrant." I'm like, "In the whole quadrant, in the whole quarter of the Milky Way, there's only one, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Kirk's Enterprise." Exactly.
0: I'm like, "Where are all the rest of them?" <laughs> and it'll take them nine hours to get there. Like, it's yeah. Just- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna start there with mm-hmm. Star Trek Enterprise. We'll back it up. Yeah, can't just talk about the third season. Um, so let's begin with just your overall thoughts. So we last left you, on this show at least, having watched the pilot with mm-hmm. all of us and then you dived into seasons one and two and yep. that's kind of where we thought you, we, you were kind of in one and two and you mm-hmm. were nearing the end of two. So maybe yeah. start with just a recap there. What what your viewing experience, like first two seasons, then talk about the third, then talk about the fourth. Because I feel like one and two is one thing three and four are kind of different. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I
1: would, I would actually like to put a a very large wall in between three and four as well to indicate that I feel those two things are, should be considered separate. It's like one and two, that season three and then season four. Um, Because one and two, yeah, I had a really good time watching one and two. There was a lot of good episodes in those and I was getting like a feel for the characters um, there was like, and quite like very quickly, like certain characters like Commander Tucker and like, uh, Ensign Sato and, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Flocks. those three like became like, they're all funny. They're relatable. They were charming. They were really great as the center of episodes, but they also could, if you added them into another character's story, they would always make that story better. Um, they were yeah. great leads, great support. Yeah. They were, they were fantastic right across the board. Really liked them.
0: You didn't get, like, one of the things about, like, say, The Next Generation, for example, that you didn't get, was you, you never got enough, like, Reginald Barkley-type yeah. characters. Where they're kind of, like, they have their flaws. Because that's the one thing you can say about The Next Generation is everyone's kind of perfect. Like, they, they're, they're fully formed, perfect adults, which, again, is kind of refreshing and nice. But you're right. Like, Sato specifically, like, her, especially at the beginning, her, yes. like, <laughs> aversion to space completely and yep. just not being on board for being on this ship. I thought it was great. Like, the captain essentially blackmailing her. Like, they're friends. But kind of like yeah. but that's like how it would be. Like, you would force your friend to come on this mission with you. And exactly. like, you, she does not want to be there. She is not no. a fan of this whole process, which I think is really funny.
1: Yeah, like, as someone myself who is, like, you know, an academic, really enjoys the exploration, the science aspect of this, but would, like, hate a lot of this, like, the scary space aspect of space exploration, I really found that her she was very refreshing. Like, the second episode, which I think is called Fight or Flight, is yeah. all about her, like, facing her fears of, like, trying to like and, like, struggling through her emotional feelings of, like, I don't belong here, I'm not good enough for this, which was all really great to see even later on there'll be like great moments. They're one of the many moments where they were all like the ship had been taken over. They're all like trapped in their quarters and they somehow find a way to communicate to each other. And they're trying to like come up with an idea of like how we're going to like fix this. And they're all talking about, we can go up in the vents. Like, yeah, but the vents are too small. Like I couldn't fit in the (laughs) the vents. But like Hoshi, Hoshi could fit in the vent. And then it just like, like, no, I don't want to do it. (laughs) She looks like so unhappy as she slowly (laughs) presses the button on the communicator. like, isn't there some other way I can participate yes. in this?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just And it's so funny because she's sort of the, the anti like, like Tucker, like trip who, yes. who just want, like he doesn't want to be stuck in the engineering. He just wants to be out on missions and doing things like he's, he's like, I always liked, especially thinking his constant, like asking the captain who's like his best friend to bring yeah. him on missions. And yeah. it's like it doesn't make sense, you're the engineer, stay here. Like
1: just... <laughs> we need you on the ship, but then every so on, but then they just keep on throwing him into other people's ships to fix them. And it's like, yes, yeah, that's is how dangerous. he gets out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It seems dangerous to put your lead engineer onto an unknown vessel, like willy-nilly, unsupervised. Like you just go to warp and you're like, oh well, that's well, there's <laughs> kind of like
0: to me, that's where you bring in the the childlike wonder and like being a little naive and you can get away with it because they're, they literally don't know what they're doing because they've never done this before. So to me, that was kind of the, the right way to go back is, okay, we want to see what Starfleet was like when it didn't know anything. There's no prime directive like that doesn't exist. And to see like the constant mistakes that the captain makes, but then like trip, just literally insulting people by being too mouthy and kind of like going about his business and like, just kind of getting involved in like species and everything. Like, again, like one of my favorite episodes, the co-genitor
1: co-genitor. Yeah. That's he a good episode.
0: Ruins the lives of, and then basically everyone on a ship. Like he, yep. he but by, by, but again, you're, you're the, the way they handle the moral, like quandary of being like, well, what, what is the right thing here? And coming out of it being like, I don't know. Like I, no. I don't know, and I I kind of like that. Like there's there is that uh, the episode where they lose the communicator on that planet. Yeah, I think it's Reed
1: who like yeah, yes. loses once again security guy has to be
0: kind of bad at his job for <laughs> yes. the show. To oh, happen. but they give they give him hell for that. Like he he's like because Reed's like coming from the military background, I thought it was also kind of interesting because at mm-hmm. the beginning there was a little bit of tension between him and other people of like how the ship should be run. 'cause he's yep. kinda got that military background. Him being the person who who loses the communicator or yeah. the scanner or whatever it was, like that is amazing. Like it's just it, they the way they wrote that, like, oh it'll be Reed, who who forgets it. Like that's just it's to me it was cool.
1: Oh, all the time. It's just always him messing up. Like it's like, and at the beginning I actually really liked Lieutenant Reed because yeah, you're right, he had this like tension about how the ship should be run. Like he was from an old military back like a navy background. Like his father mm-hmm. was in like the, the Navy. Um and he kind of brought that with him, which makes a lot of sense. And it yes. was really cool to see how like he was like, a very different kind of character. He was, like, no-nonsense, all about the job, and to the point that no one knew anything about him. Like, there's a whole episode where, like, Hoshi spends the entire episode trying to find out what Reed's favorite food is so that the chef... <laughs> but could no one in his birthday. life has
0: any idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, and not just the crew. No one. Like, she goes back, she, like, talks to his parents, she talks to his sister, like, she can't find anyone, and then she eventually does yeah. find it down. And it was, like, a great moment of him kind of, like brightening up of like how did you know like is it and him obviously being like pleased about this mm-hmm. and i'm like this is going to be cool i'm going to be interested to see how this character goes through and then generally what would happen is he would show up in in, in things just so he could fail at something it's like so that the episode could happen yeah. <laughs> and, a, like, yeah. and then also so he could be a little bit uh persnickety about different things and then in the next episode mess up entirely and i'm like how are you the same character? You were complaining yes. <laughs> about this lack of, like yeah. of decorum in the last episode.
0: <laughs> well, and I think, like, th- one of the things that I liked about the first two seasons of Enterprise specifically was they they did a really good job of giving us, like, Star Trek science-y episodes, but mm-hmm. then yep. a lot of character
1: discovery episodes, like Shuttlepod 1. Where That's my favorite uh, episode. It is actually my favorite episode of the whole series is Shuttlepod 1.
0: I agree. Like yep. tri- Trip um, and Reed being stuck in a shuttle pod, thinking the Enterprise was destroyed and trying to figure out what to do. Like it's it's such a, almost the entire episode is inside this shuttle. And yep. I think it was just so well done. Like th- that's the type of television I like, where you find innovative ways to tell a story by giving yourself a big restriction. Like, yep. hey, we're going to be stuck inside the shuttle pod the entire episode. Yep. Restriction. How do we make that work? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's cool because like it was the beginning of their kind of their friendship, like Tucker and Reed, like they became like a nice duo throughout the course, it's, like uh, always going, like going forward. It's like um, the it was like we had talked in one of a previous episode about kind of like the Star Trek tropes that I really love, and one of mine is like the ones that take place entirely in space, just on like just on some like weird new entity or like in a very small contained area, and like in by mm-hmm. One, just like it checked off all those boxes. It was so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then moving kind of through the first two seasons and into the third talk about that talk about that journey because the third season does take a bit of a a, a bit of a twist and let our audience know kind of what that that looked
1: like yeah so then yeah at the end of season two there's an episode where effectively this unknown entity is like uh shows up and just destroys half of florida um it's like this kind of like a space satellite that shows up out of nowhere and it's been apparently launched by this alien race called the zindi uh, and it is revealed throughout the course of the episode that the Zindi have been told by some kind of like entity from the future that the humans are going to destroy them. And so then they need to do a preemptive attack. Um, and then and it's important
0: like, to note that this all happens in like 23, whatever, like it's Florida then everybody. Yeah, and exactly. I know some, a lot, some of our listeners were like, that's not much of a loss. No, goodbye, G- it's, yeah, it's, it's not now it's like 300 yeah. years in our future i just want to put that i knew some people might have been thinking that tyler so i just want well,
1: oh yeah that's that. that's fair and also to note that like obviously our population is much more densely packed in the future so like it is a, totally. a massive casualty list um including um trip's sister as like um and so it's just it there's a lot of personal is like issues that are going with this a lot of like just the idea of like earth being attacked about like how what is enterprise's role in this the way that we kind of went out into space and like willy nilly and announced ourselves to the world. And then something came calling when we, when enterprise was away and like, and so like, what is our responsibility for this as a, as a mm-hmm. ship and how are we going to make this right? And everyone kind of following into this like pseudo jingoistic aspect of like, we need to go and we need to like pretty much like destroy these things or before they come and destroy us. Um, which, you know, like at the time was probably a very interesting, like kind of, theme to be having because i believe that yeah. would have been in like the mid 2000s just post 9 11 where the u.s yeah was like very 2003 much in that...
0: maybe yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah so it's like it's very much in this kind of idea right of like we were hurt we need to go and hurt them back um and uh, it's like, and so the like the idea for that and for this going to be like this is a season-wide arc Where we're gonna go, and the whole thing is the Enterprise all alone in this thing called the Expanse, which is where the Zindi live, which no one's been able to penetrate because of these like temporal distortions that destroy ships as they go in. We're gonna go in there, and it's all it's all on us. We need to find a way to stop the Zindi from before they launch their next weapon that's going to be able to destroy all of Earth. It's a very cool setup. I was I was was intrigued. I I, I, like waddled into season three. was like very uh, very optimistic of what we were gonna have because once again. Enterprise has been all about trying to balance these two things: ongoing yeah. story versus episodic nature. We had this temporal cold war like thread that we had been pulling on for a very long time. We have this episodic nature. It's like now we're going to come together in this way of like we are obviously doubling down on the fact temporal cold war is coming to us. Time travelers are somehow doing something, and we're going to go and see what's going on here. Um, so I was very I was very jazzed for it going into it. Um, I very quickly realized what was going to be the problem for me, which is when (laughs) if you have this pressing story of like, we need to go do this now, 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 now. Every time you have an episode where they're just kind of like, what's going on on this planet? It just feels like, (laughs) why are you like, it's like, why are you stopping? And even the characters are doing that. They're like, we don't have time for this. we got to go on our mission. I'm like, I can't just sit here and enjoy your wonderful tale about these random aliens on this planet because I'm too busy worrying about this Zindi over here. Like, you can't yeah. balance those two things in that way.
0: Like, I think they tried. They tried really hard to come up with reasons for why. Like, one of, one of the episodes I did kind of enjoy was the the old sort of western town that they end up visiting. <laughs> it kind of reminded
1: yeah. me of the original series a bit. Where, it's like a very old Star Trek thing. It's like, we don't yeah. know what to do. Throw them in the Old West. Throw them in the Old West. And
0: like, I, I kind of liked that episode, for, again, for its like message, but the way the message was delivered and the that idea of, oh, you know, hundreds of years ago, humans were taken from Earth, brought to a planet by aliens to be their workforce. They revolted. And now they have like sort of developed kind of along the similar lines of Earth was, but... You know with some variations and the idea mm-hmm. of this other alien species is kind of living there but they're like really like they're in they're in slavery basically yeah to to the humans so having like the crew of the enterprise have to deal with that and their reasoning for going down is we're in the middle of an expanse that humans have never been to and we found a planet of humans We yeah. need to go check this out like that was the most realistic but then mm-hmm. there were plenty of episodes where they just they stopped to have, like, an episodic, like, science-y episode, and you yeah. are kind of going, like, aren't we aren't we close to a weapon being launched? Like, haven't we been <laughs> thinking about this? So, yeah, there, there were, it, that was definitely a problem. I just, there were still a few episodes in there that felt very, like, Star Trek to me.
1: Yeah. So like one of my favorite episodes in the whole like, show is actually in season three. It's called similar as like similitude. It like similitude. Oh, yes, um, yeah. It's the one where like, it's like a commander Tucker is like, cr- is uh, fatally wounded. He's going to yeah. die. Um, and they can't have that because he's like the only thing keeping the ship together. And if they lose him when they're in the expanse, there's a good chance they won't be able to complete their mission. So Archer agrees to do this like kind of very, controversial medical thing where they grow this clone of like of Tucker that will grow up to his age in like a week or two weeks and then they will take parts from him and put it into like, um, tri- like the actual trip to bring him back to life but at the expense of the other like a entity's life. Um, so it's like a very interesting, it's one of the situations where the ticking time clock on this mission actually works because they would never make these decisions without that ticking time clock. Um, of like need to get to the zindi need to go and just like figure this thing out and at the same time it still allows them to look at a lot of interesting moral quandaries and character person like they do a lot of cool things with the characters what it, how it makes archer feel about him having to make these mm-hmm. decisions how it makes flocks feel about having to like having effectively raised a son in the course of like a a week how this new version of Trip interacts with DePaul Paul and his uncertainty of whether his feelings for her are his own or belong to the other Trip from the past. Like lots of cool stuff in that episode. It's so that episode I was like, this is really good. Like they're doing yeah. great work here. Yes, and then, that's a
0: fantastic episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then yeah, and then for every one of those, there's like another one where it's like, yeah, they're just wandering around doing some other inane nonsense, and you're like, I just. What, what is Degra up to? It seems like he's doing something bad and <laughs> you yeah, should what, get over yeah. there soon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and I, and I, again, there were aspects of the third season. I liked, like, I like that. They're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to take away one of the strongest assets that this ship has had into Paul and like hurt her by being here. Like her reaction to the, the stuff that they need to, Put the Trillium D or whatever that they yeah. need to put in the hall to protect them from all the spatial distortions. Like that really like kind of like took a big chunk out of her, mm-hmm. which we, by weakening her, it, it gave to me, it raised the stakes a bit where you're taking your strongest, wisest, like the person who's kind of been stable and you're throwing emotional impacts at her and she doesn't know how to handle it. And unlike Spock, who was half human, who a part of him could handle emotions, mm-hmm. she can't. Like she this is so foreign to her that I I liked her like trying to just dis- explore her emotions and discover it and try to like figure out what all this means, but I thought that that was kind of a cool character thing for her to go through. And like again, yeah. like so, some of the acting in this season is pretty good. Like you talked yeah. about the the sim episode like it playing a, a sort of younger version and more naive version of yourself, that could be pretty tough. And I yes. thought that like uh, Connor trainer, who's the actor who plays trip did a fantastic job. And I think it's the same with Tapal. Like I think she did a good job of really changing things up for that season.
1: Yeah. Like I agree. She like, she got some good stuff. Like Archer's whole, like moral quandaries was great. Was, like, trip had some great episodes the other problem with season three, though, is that they, they forgot about, like, the other half of the characters. Like, yes. Just, like, <laughs> 100%. Like, like, Hoshi gets, like, one storyline, which is, like, a weird Beauty and the Beast kind of, like, oh, yeah, homage was, thing, yeah, which is weird. really bad. Like, uh, like Travis, I, he, I like, he is piloting that ship real good. He doesn't do anything <laughs> else. Travis has season.
0: nothing to do after the second season. No. Yeah.
1: Like, he has, like, even in the first couple seasons, he only has, like, a few stories, my, my favorite thing, my favorite moment of Travis ever is that when they focus on how young he is because mm. um, him and like Hoshi are much younger than a lot of the yes. other people. Yeah. And so they may become close friends and that's always cute to see. But it is funny that there's like this one moment where it's like um, there's something happening. Everything's like falling apart on the ship. So everyone, all of the rest of the manger, like crew, all of the other officers are off the bridge. When this person, this alien shows up demanding to speak to who's in charge and literally it's like travis in the center and he looks to his left no one there he looks to his right no one there so he just like has to like it's that moment of like panic of oh my god i need to answer this <laughs> yeah
0: that good the look on his face I'm like what what's what am i doing what i have to do this
1: <laughs> it was yeah. so great and like in those yeah. type of moments he's just like he's missing though that's like that's completely missing from season three you don't see that yeah. at all um yeah. and so that that's kind of sad because once again that ticking time clock of like the main story means that you can't really have time to focus on some of those type of moments those some of like fun little character bits it just has to be Scott Bakula Doing his weird marching around rooms, shoulder first, as he yells at walls about how unhappy he is about what's going on. <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's got. He must complete this mission. That was his line. He must complete he all, this mission. I must complete this mission. That was. Oh. his, He's just running around the Enterprise, yelling that. And everyone's like, "Yeah, we know. Like, we're here, but you it's made us stop we... at the planet with all the cowboys."
1: <laughs> yeah, like, like, I agree. We need to sell this mission. Is like, except for that time that you're really focused on that hatchery. Then it became. Oh yes. Protect the hatchery. <laughs> yeah, we need to
0: protect that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Was so, so so... it was so funny because
1: my oh sorry my my wife was not watching this with me, but like mm. it was on in the background. I was watching, so and like halfway through season three, at one point when Scott Bakula is doing his like yelling at walls thing as he like marches around the room, like it's like, uh, it's like <laughs> my wife was just kind of like, why is he always angry all the time?
0: <laughs> so that that's one of the things that I think they they never they never really got. Archer out of mm-hmm. through through because even at the beginning he's always angry at the Vulcans. Yeah, I I felt there were moments in the first two seasons where you got the sense of like oh this guy loves exploring and you got yeah. some of that like joy of it, especially when he was like on planets and like exploring things like he you got some of it but i felt like they they needed the to finish and complete a full arc with him to make him no longer angry at vulcans and then give him a new thing with the zindi and have him arc through that where he gets to the end because one thing they did do at the beginning of like the fourth season Mm -hmm. was the weight of everything that happened kind of they i thought they did a good job with a few episodes like when he goes camping with that other
1: uh, with the other captain, yeah. The other captain.
0: You you get his perspective of, like, everything that happened and how awful he feels about it. And how, like, it's kind of turning him almost, like, almost to the dark side. Like, you can see the anger coming through and him trying to deal with it. And I thought that was very good. But I just think they never did enough to be like, okay, he can't just be yelling and angry all the time. Which seemed yeah. to be Archer's character a lot in,
1: in the Oh, series. yeah. Yeah, and... Like so I, that episode you're referring to like, which I think is called Home the one where they go like back to Earth and stuff like that yeah. it's it's, a, it's I love aftermath episodes we've talked many times about how like Best mm-hmm. of Both Worlds is followed up by like a great mm-hmm. aftermath episode yeah. of just them all going and dealing with what just transpired um and so when we were getting to the end of season 3 and everything like you know goes the way that it does they do defeat the Zindi weapon it's actually like a very like for all of my complaining about season three, like once I got into that final, like six episode stretch yeah, of like, we're, good. we're into it now. Like I'm like, okay, yeah. this is good. Like this is like, yeah. you, you package this together. This would have actually made a pretty decent, like Star Trek movie. Like is this? 100%. Yeah. Those yeah, six it...
0: episodes, like near the end, that would have made a fantastic movie.
1: Yeah, because it's got, like, some diplomacy aspect. It's got that. But then, like, it goes south. There's all these type of things going on. They remember that Hoshi exists, which was nice. It's like, um, it's like and then, but then, like, after all that, like, you have this great Aftermath episode. I'm like, oh, that's, that's great. Except that's not what happens. In between that Aftermath episode and the end of Season 3, you have... <laughs> This weird, three like two episode portion where they go back in time to face the vampire Nazis.
0: Well, yes, <laughs> of are,
1: course you've got to go back to World War Two at some point. You know, point it's, in it's, time. this is this is the classic <laughs> hero's journey where you know you go through you, you got the, the the journey home, and then before you have the returning with the elixir, you have the um, fighting vampire Nazis. That's it's it's right there in Joseph Campbell's epic work.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what they were missing? They were missing. In when that moment when they discover, like, because because Archer's they don't they think Archer's dead, but he's on this Earth back in time. They've been sent back in time. You're missing that character moment. Like maybe it should have been Travis who wasn't saying anything to just like bang his hand on the table and be like, "Come on, we just did this. <laughs> 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 do we need to do this again." Like that to me, that's what you were missing to kind of yep. make it like more self aware. Like why are we doing this? Like this, you know, that ridiculousness of it.
1: Oh, it was just insane to me. Like, that was a baffling decision, to my uh, my point. Like, from this, like, this temporal Cold War story that had been present in, like, seasons one and two throughout the entirety, pretty much put on hold for season three, Um, and then they decided to just, like, finish that up in, like, a two-episode arc at the beginning of season four, while, like it, like, it detracted from what we had just seen, like, we didn't have time to decompress from that, it didn't fully, like, like, uh, pay off all of the stuff that had been in seasons one and two, like, we never really got an answer to, like, who the person was that was telling the Sulaban to do things, like, it was the most baffling decision, and I watched those two episodes, which, you know, fine episodes in themselves, but just, like, with my, like, hands on my face, like, in shock, like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Like I they, just their team this. got obs-
0: <laughs> the, Their team got obsessed with needing cliffhangers. Like that's yeah. that's one thing that Star Trek started doing and felt they needed at the end of every season. Because mm-hmm. even Voyager and Deep Space Nine and, and TNG all started doing it. It's yeah. all because of Best of Both Worlds. Best yeah. of Both Worlds is what did it. It was the cliffhanger that started all the cliffhangers. So uh-huh. they went well. We got, like we can't we can end the Zindi thing, but we've got to leave the people wondering what's gonna happen next How is archer on ancient earth like how did this happen like you know those sorts of things they they thought they needed but i like i agree with you it's so out of place to kick off like what en- would end up being their fourth their final season it was um, ridiculous <laughs> so maybe talk about that quickly so now we're into season four what were yeah. your kind of thoughts on the fourth season and then kind of ending ending the series
1: Like, low-key? I I love this season. It was my favorite of the four, by far. Really? The fourth season? Okay. The fourth season. I think they... It has some
0: good moments. It has some
1: episodes, yeah. I think it was incredibly strong, and for me, it was because they finally did it. They finally found the balance between the two things they were looking for in this format of having mini-arcs. Like, you had two to four episodes, which were all in the same story... Um, So you could really flesh out and focus on this new interesting idea in while still having an ongoing story that will bring people back week after week for like three to four weeks. And then they would shift gears into this new like kind of like um, mini arc that they went through. And -hmm. the mini arcs were really good in terms of like both providing closure to what Enterprise had kind of set up in its first couple seasons. So that's with like the Vulcans not being what we expect them to be. The right. Andorians and like the, their like how humans are going to play a part in bringing this portion of the of the galaxy together. Those
0: um, episodes were quite good. Like yeah. them, the Enterprise being in negotiation mode. Those mm-hmm. episodes were great, and the kind of like unknown mystery threat of really being Romulans, but then not knowing yes. that of that ship and not knowing his like all that stuff was really.
1: And finding a way to play that off and is like so that they still never they don't actually see the Romulans ever mm-hmm. like which is like which is like something that is like obviously they paid attention to like the original series in terms of like they hadn't seen Romulans like ever so they didn't know what they looked like. Um, I finally so get was, to
0: ask you though about this very quickly. I finally get to ask you about this. We got the explanation as to why Klingons <laughs> don't have forehead ridges. How would you feel about that?
1: Uh, like. You know what? It's it's one of those scenarios where like I don't feel like you needed to explain this. The explanation nope. was clear. They didn't have the makeup <laughs> in the nineteen sixties to be able to do this. Um I think Deep Space Nine's kind of like one off of we don't talk about it. it is like is that was enough. enough? <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, it was a very intriguing mystery around it. So like it was one Wasn't of those things still
0: that- like a really good couple episodes though. Like, even it though was- that thing was just like they those episodes was pretty good. Like they were pretty good.
1: It was hilarious because I didn't understand what was happening. Like I was looking yeah. through and I'm kind of going and I'm like, okay, it's like, and then as we're getting close to the end and I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, that's weird that they have the Klingons without the ridges. That's a strange thing. And it kind of makes sense. I suppose they're do- using this, like this mm. kind of like augment brain as like a DNA that was from humans. So it's why it's getting rid of it. I'm like, that makes sense. And then it wasn't until like the last like five minutes as they're explaining, like there will be thousands of my people that will have to live with this deformity. And I'm sitting there like, Oh my god, this whole episode is just so they can explain why the Klingon yeah. didn't have ridges in the original series. Yeah,
0: And it is it is at least the explanation of it is worthwhile to justify Worf being like we don't talk about it with two outsiders. Yeah, it does make sense. It, yeah, it does make sense. I just didn't need it.
1: Yeah, this is like midi-chlorians in Star Wars. Like I just yeah. you didn't need to do that. It was okay, George. We we kind of yeah, got It's it. the Force. <laughs> we get it. Like it's yeah. really unspeakable. Um okay, wrapping up that season.
0: How did you feel with, you know, the show ending and and the rest of this season? And then just kind of finalize with how you felt about Enterprise in general.
1: Cool. Um, So the very last episode, um, I am very ambivalent about, like, I have very strong positive and negative feelings towards it. Um, Would would it be
0: helpful to know that it was rushed and, like, they didn't know they were ending the show? Like, they were canceled and quickly thrown together a final
1: episode. Okay. It's (laughs) one of those scenarios where, like, this episode is, like, would have been a great episode if it was, like, mid-season. Like, a mid-season episode about this, I'm like, that's a great idea. The whole idea is that you have Riker, who's in the middle of, like, the issue with the the USS Pegasus back in TNG. He's trying to decide if he's going to tell Captain Picard about the thing that he promised he would never, never talk about. Um, and he's like, uh, was it, uh, Deanna has suggested that he goes into the holodeck to relive this portion of the enterprise crew's life as like, um, it's like a 10 year time jump from the, like the episode prior to this or something like that. Like maybe a seven year time jump or something like that. Um, and it's just before like the Federation is going to come into kind of, it's like, it's infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like throughout this whole thing, Riker is just like walking around, um, in it's like in the NXO one and then it's like, it was really good payoff in some ways because he, 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 uh, he subs in for the chef who was like someone yeah. we've heard about so many times that the chefs. I'm happy about this. The chef's trying to figure this out, but we never actually saw the chef. So it was, I like to think in my head that like the chef is the go to position that if you want to like pretend to be on the NX01, you just go in as just, the chef.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> and so like throughout the course of this entire like show, I like to believe like, okay, maybe at one point Jordy was the chef for a bit or like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, all these different people is like, i um, doing that but through all of that you get this really interesting idea of looking at like legacy and like an objective observer of like showing how Riker knows these people knows these people's lives knows their their stories and their like their um persona- like their personalities in a way these people are famous because they what we just saw is like the the bedrock for everything that we've seen before mm-hmm. it was a really cool way to ground enterprise in like the context of what it should be which is that if nothing else exists if this crew didn't do what they did if these yeah. people didn't like perform their tasks their goals their professions the way that they did if they didn't push through like that then we wouldn't have gotten kirk we wouldn't have gotten card we wouldn't have gotten any of this it's like, mm-hmm. again who knows what it would have been so it was a really cool way of setting that legacy in place and also providing this idea of like this a uh, little bit dramatic irony where Riker knows a little bit more about what's going to happen can kind of set you on the, they like, can make some offhand comments. Like it's so sad that this character didn't know that they weren't going to come back from this. And you're like, say what? <laughs> like <laughs> And so like all of that sort of stuff is really cool. The negative feeling I have about this is that to take the, the finale, the actual finale for a series of the characters that you've grown accustomed to that you've, most of them you like some of them you, you've, don't but that's all right um and then to take all those people and to have their final their final flight to their final moment to like explain to you like who they are and why this mattered to them to put it into this like existential dread thing of it just being suspended in time in a holodeck aspect mm-hmm. to have the, the whole episode being leading up to this idea of these characters moment of triumph and we're all watching it from the middle of another episode in the middle of another series that we've already seen. And we already know what the decision comes down to, to take it away from them like that, to, to yeah. have it that Archer doesn't even get a chance to say his speech, that they end program before we get to hear what speech he was going to give. like all of yeah. this sort of stuff. It just it would be a really cool idea to put that as like an interesting middle season, middle of season episode that really puts a lot of things into context. Even if you were going to kill off a main character and you wanted to find a way to make it impactful, like this is a good way to do that in the middle of a series Mm. to put it as the finale, I think was just like a slap in the face to like everyone who was in that show to be like, we're in order to get these ratings up. We're going to bring these people back that were more popular than you and set your story within the context of their entertainment. I just find that to be terrible.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing, like the show was canceled. So suddenly, um, and apparently without much warning, like they knew they were in some trouble that, uh, like the story from going back and even from what I remember, cause I was watching the show weekly was that the fourth season was still performing better than the third was like, they were con- They felt they were back on track and everyone felt good. And they had started planning a fifth season and they then were suddenly canceled, like out of nowhere being like, you can film one more episode. And they had to fight for that. They had to fight to film an actual finale um so they probably i think it was i honestly think it was a sense of we got to tell a big story an epic story very fast we've got to shove a bunch of character stuff in there we got to give every character a nice little moment and we've got to like just end this thing um so it felt more to me it felt more like an ending for star trek of the time than it was for the show Enterprise. Like it felt to me that this episode, as much as there are good things in it, feels nothing but like negative to me. It mm. feels like a sad goodbye, like we were literally at someone's funeral. Like that's yep. what it felt like Where you're saying goodbye to classic Star Trek. What we didn't know was probably forever. yeah, and that's that's kind of to me one thing I'll always remember about this episode. Was I love this series, and I think the series is really underrated. But the way they ended it was a- essentially to end Star Trek.
1: Yeah, and it does feel like that, and it's it's especially interesting to have like the I think, you know, there's there's like Enterprise has a lot of like you know like attempts at like really intense emotion, and some of it worked for me, and some of it didn't. But you know, it is like it, it was like primetime television there's a lot of melodrama that exists in that sort of stuff I think that this series like this episode did have one of the few moments that really like caught me off guard and how emotional I was going to get in terms of Riker's like conversation he has with Trip who comes in to add like because the whole thing is that like as the as the chef he's like making everyone's favorite meal for their last thing and he's having this conversation with Trip about like you know what his final things and like Trip is like you know doesn't realize that he's not going to make it back on this next mission yes and he's just talking about what he's going to be doing and he's going through and it was just like it was like it was like what you said it was like almost bidding farewell to someone at like a funeral recognition recognizing that you're never going to see this character again not just because they're about to die but because this show is over and that's just kind of like the end of it and yeah um, which sucks
0: because he was such a fan favorite and they obviously did that like they did that for a reason they're like okay
1: what's What's,
0: what's the most impactful thing for fans, but also for Archer, right? Yeah. So, I like, I get it, but it, what, it definitely, like, again, if that was just in this show and it lasted for seven years and one of the last things we got in season seven was Trip dying, I think it would have felt one way where yeah. it was like, yeah, like, it, the, the emotional impact's massive, but it doesn't have all these layers to it mm-hmm. of just, like, yeah, this was, like, really emotional and well done, but it's also kind of like you're doing this to cheap. the whole like enterprise yeah it's like very yeah. very cheap and that's what it came off as Yeah.
1: yeah and i i can i feel that and in, in some ways i guess it works for me because like i've always had this thing in my head about like you know it's a little bit depressing to say but like the only the only happy ending you only get a happy ending the story because you ended it too early because eventually like everybody's story ends the way that trips ends is like in some way it's like um hopefully it's after 85 years, at least, is, like, in, is like uh, warm and snuggly in your bed, as opposed mm-hmm. to getting blown up as you're trying to defend your ship from something. But at the same time, like, I think because there was a time gap, and because we're, like, looking at it from Riker's perspective of kind of just looking in at a moment in time, it create like, the kind of randomness of it, the almost, like, offhanded, like, and then he just died, kind of, like, it made me think a lot about that, about how... These characters, like if they get a happy ending, it's like it's because that's when the show decided to end. But if we if, think of them as actual people, all of them are going to go forward and eventually meet their ends in one way or another. And um, it's just kind of like it's interesting to think about that in terms of how like we got to see one of them, but if the characters actually exist in space and time and history, all of them have a holodeck like recording of their last mission in some way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is, yeah, it was such an interesting, such an interesting story, this this series being ended so soon. So overall, where would you kind of rank it? From the other Star Treks you've seen, wh- what do you kind of feel about Enterprise now that you've gone through and, like, finished it? Uh,
1: like, it's one of those scenarios where, like, if season three didn't exist, this show would probably mm. be, I'd prefer it over Voyager. Like, I, mm. I did actually really like most of the characters there was no character that I thought was actually like a waste of space. Even the ones that I didn't <laughs> like, there was no Neelix. <laughs> even <laughs> even Neelix. the characters that I, that I didn't really like, I was still kind of like, okay, but like, you know, they can sometimes make other people's stories better or they're like a vital part of this whole thing. Um, season three really does drag it down a little bit for me. And it's a shame because it's like, it's not even like there aren't good things about it. And it has a very strong ending. It like barring the, the vampire Nazis. It's like, I would say that this show and Voyager, like, I would have to rewatch Voyager to give a proper mm. estimate, but I think the two of them are like neck and neck. Like I could see this one being able with maybe another rewatch and a little bit more nostalgia is like uh, looking in the rear view mirror. I think this one could actually win out as a go over it. So I agree with you. I think this is under, is like an underrated Star Trek series. And I was very happy that I finally got to see it all through.
0: Yeah, I, I really do think that. And that's why I I've wanted to talk about enterprise a lot. I've wanted to kind of spotlight it. It's why I wanted to introduce Taylor to it. Um, was you know this is this was the most recent one. It's the most accessible because it's the closest one to who we are now. So there's things that are somewhat recognizable. Like even the ship looks more submarine-like mm-hmm. than it does spaceship. Like it's a little bit closer to our technology. So I felt like the the gap for sci-fi wasn't as big. Um, but I, I do feel like it's such an underrated show because they did a good job of focusing on we're going to develop some really interesting characters. And, you know, again, they only had a couple seasons. I think if they had continued on, then maybe we would have been able to go back to some characters and give them more of a do and, and go back yeah. and give Travis Mayweather more to do and, and go back to some good uh, Hoshi storylines. Like, I think they yeah. would have been able to do that. Um, oh, but yeah. unfortunately, the way we judge television and success has changed. If Enterprise was on now, it would never go off air cuz Discovery is spewing out garbage and won't leave. So,
1: <laughs> despite Mike's best efforts, it won't leave. Did you did you know? Did
0: you know? And this is a real I looked this up. For the 3rd season of Discovery when it launched, its pilot episode was watched by 1500 people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not that's okay. That's that's
0: not it. That's not it. I've it sold more theater tickets than that. <laughs> like, my, my amateur production of Cabaret sold more tickets than, than that. Like, you wow. got to be kidding me. Anyway, yeah. it's just any chance that I can take a shot at STD, um, I do. Um, I, I love it. <laughs> so, Tyler, unfortunately, we've run out of time. You know, this is not um, expected really for us. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about Strange New Worlds. I wanted to talk about that episode. Um, we ended up talking mostly about Enterprise. Um, so I, you know, you're just going to have to come back, and we're going to have to talk about Strange New Worlds on another episode because you just you're going to have to come back, and we're going to have to talk about this.
1: Yeah. Well, if if that's what is demanded by yourself and the, the gods of screening in Kingston, then I will happily submit.
0: I mean, again, it, I don't know. Our, As we know, our fans for the Star Trek episodes are small but mighty. Yep. Um, so, you know, we'll find out uh, how this episode does. But uh, but I yeah, we're just going to have to come back because we just didn't have enough time. But I don't think this was time wasted because I do think that Enterprise, if you like Star Trek, and if you're a sci-fi fan, there's a lot of good here. Yeah. Um, I would argue, if you look at all, I don't know how many, like, 90-something episodes in the four seasons... I, I would say you know, 80% of them are still worthwhile for, mm-hmm. for episodes of Star Trek, for ep- fun episodes of television. So uh, if a few people gives you know, Star Trek Enterprise a chance, you can find it on all the streaming platforms, um, and people, it finally start admitting that new Star Trek is, is poison, then I think, I think that, that it's time well spent. And I think that that's, that was my hope. And that, I feel like I've done that.
1: You are a Star Trek fan who didn't watch Enterprise.
0: And now yeah. you admit it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was. It was worthy of my time. Was like, um, I wasn't. I wasn't watching a lot of like TV at the time. I'm still not watching a lot of TV. Admittedly, I say like, I'm not a very good Star Trek fan in that regard. Um, but <laughs> I do feel like uh, it has a bad rap, and that's the thing that I feel we can fix. It's like nowadays is that if we kind of throw off like our old ideas that like oh, and that's the show that killed Star Trek. And I'm like, it shouldn't have. Like, if it killed no. Star Trek, it was simply because times had changed people were moving on and they had like you know star trek episodes had been on the air for like how long at that point like 18 like yeah, 18 since years, 87 yeah, yeah since like, 87 to
0: 2005 about. so that, i think yeah. it
1: was like when star trek went on as like, like enterprise went off the air like it was the first time in 18 years that there hadn't been a new star trek episode like coming out or like, mm-hmm. in, like in production um people might have just kind of like that got fed up other things were other things were coming out they were moving away from it it's like i don't think it was enterprise's fault and i feel like we uh nowadays can go back and enjoy it for what it is while new star trek continues to do whatever the heck it is
0: and we'll talk more about that later uh thank you again tyler for filling in and for bringing that uh that star trek knowledge to screening kingston once again
1: perfect i would anytime anytime
0: uh, thank you to everyone for listening, and hopefully you stuck around after that rough opening. Uh, Tyler will work on his timing for for music. Um, and uh... I don't think
1: I will. I don't think I will. I think I I think this is my this is my style. I'm going to own it.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, you'll hear from us next week, and as Taylor says, go see some movies.